Well, we've been spending this this month, kind of a month of Sundays, um, exploring our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Uh, at at the first um, Pentecost festival after Jesus' resurrection, um, it's a Jewish festival called Shavuot, and uh, and, uh, and you know, honestly, we love it. We love that that the kids are. I'm actually, I'm, I'm just gonna jump out of the message for a second because one of the things I'm loving about this time is that we're kind of like all in together and I love that we typically have kids ministry but I love it so Grayson I love it <laughs> welcome and um and kids so we're so we're at the Pentecost event we read about this in Acts chapter 2 we jumped into this a couple of weeks ago and and where we saw that God sent as promised sent us Holy Spirit to baptize each and every believer that was present there and then empowered by the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Peter, who just several weeks earlier was little more than a, you know, loudmouth fisherman, um, he preached a mighty sermon at Pentecost and he launched, you know, this, this global movement we call the church, the body of Christ, uh, here on earth. That was at Pentecost. So for the Jews, it was a celebration of the giving of the law, but for us, it's a celebration of the giving of the Holy Spirit. The new law confirmed, sealed in our heart, the law of God's grace and, and forgiveness by, by our trust in Him. Well, in that sermon, in that message, Peter promised that all who would believe in Jesus, repenting of their sins, right, and be baptized on confession of their faith, that those persons, includes you and me, would be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not a temporary promise. It's a permanent promise. Repent, be baptized, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what Peter taught, the very first sermon of the church. So if you ever wonder, is the Holy Spirit important? Think about this. The very founding of the church, the very first message of the church, the very first gathering of the church was all about Holy Spirit welcoming into our lives. Here's the issue. We recognize that there's often a gap between you know, receiving the Holy Spirit and it, you know, which comes at salvation and then our experience of walking in the fullness of the Spirit in our lives. That comes through a surrendered life. So, you know, that's what we're going to address this morning. We're, well, in fact, this month, we're attempting to address that gap between what we know to be true, the gift that we've received, and yet our daily experience of living in the Holy Spirit. Last week, we were reminded of the assurance that we have that the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Um, a couple days after our message last week, someone called me and said, you know, I, I, you know, I've got to tell you how the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And it was about a very practical matter between him and his neighbor and something that he had to deal with. And it was, he was reading the word. He heard the, the Lord speak clear as a bell, just do this. And he followed through. He did that. And the Lord honored that. It was just a great story. But we, we learned that the Holy Spirit speaks to us through his word through an inner witness, through other people, and of course, sometimes directly. Today, I want to look at how the Holy Spirit helps us. How the Holy Spirit helps. So if you've got your Bible, if you want you to find Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to invite you to stand with me uh, for the reading of God's Word. It's a brief passage today. Romans chapter 8. And it'd be just picking it up at verse 26. Romans chapter 8 is probably the greatest chapter in, in the Bible. Um, it's just so powerful. 
and uh, just so much hope and encouragement and promise and good news. And we come to verse 26, and Paul, the apostle, he writes this. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us, or another translation, intercedes for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. Amen. Such good news. Good words for us this morning. Now, if you've ever cared for a, a toddler, uh, right, um, you know they can be a little stubborn sometimes. They, they, they love to say, you know, I do it myself, right? A two-year-old will always say, I do it myself. And, um, you know, you parents can, can remind your kids of how often they said that when they were little, and then they get to be teens, and then they say it again, and then they say it again in their 20, we say it again. We continue in that, don't we? It's not just toddlers. Now, with little ones, you know, it's great. They're learning their independence, but it's fun to watch them struggle. You know, they want to feed themselves and they're just making a mess. The food's getting all over their face. It's hilarious. We love it. It's not so funny when we carry such a stubborn attitude into adulthood, thinking we can fix or solve or correct or manage or deal with any problem or issue that comes our way. Some people just will not ask for or admit that they need or even accept help. And in, you know, the flip side, there's those who just act helpless, which is a different kind of immaturity. And then, then you've got this very, very keen reality, particularly for, for many of us, as we live in this part of the world and this part of the city, right? Many of us are insulated from really desperately needing help. We've got money, or we've got family members we can turn to, or we've got, you know, education, and we've got quick wit and charm. We've got all these different ways that, that we can lean on to, to help us, and they insulate us from actually really needing to cry out to God, to really lean into the Lord. Because we're like, I can fix this, I can solve this, I can deal with this, I can call so-and-so, I've got resources of some kind. But finally, it gets, sometimes it gets down to that place where it's just raw. It's just me and the Lord. There's a saying, I'm sure you've seen it. It's kind of a bumper sticker style saying, when, when, um, when all you have is the Lord, you'll realize the Lord is all you need. It, and there's that place, especially in prayer, sometimes where we get to the place where we realize we need help. We need help. In fact, everyone needs help. Everyone needs help, right? And the sooner we accept that, the better. In the preceding verses leading up to this, Paul's been saying that, that even creation is groaning and longing for the, for the return of Jesus. The trees and the oceans and the wildlife, they know we are all suffering because of sin. It's obvious. Sometimes it feels helpless. Uh, Becky and I spent um, a day in the, in the, one of the national parks on Friday and and I said, wow, you know, the view is just amazing. Like, you can really see more stuff now that all the trees have died. You know, like, this sadness of like, wow, just devastation. Like, well, at least I can see the distant mountains a little better. But just, you, you feel it, this kind of groaning of creation. Like, this isn't ideal. It's beautiful. 
Even in its broken, fallen down state, it's beautiful, but it's not ideal. It's not, it's not really how God intended for things to be. Even the earth feels that groaning, that need for help. That's why those whose only hope, listen, there are people whose only hope is this environment, what they can see. They, they don't have any hope for beyond. They haven't put their faith in God. What they see is all they have. So they go into a kind of a desperate panic of, we got to save everything. we got to restore everything ourselves. They're, they're the super group, the police saying 40 years ago, they saying, when the world is running down, you make the best of what's still around. When the world is running down, you make the best of what's still around. And as believers, we know that there's so much more to come. That's why we're not in a panic about what happens around us. So when it comes to prayer in a groaning world, we often don't even know how to pray, let alone how to act out of that prayer time. And, and that's why the Apostle Paul writes this in verse 26. Let's put this on screen again. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, he says, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been to that place? Have you ever come to that point of, of praying without knowing what you're praying? Of just almost a guttural crying out, a, a longing? Let's talk a little bit about this. I want to unpack this just for a moment. Some call it a prayer language. Uh, some call it just it's an aspect or element of, of praying in tongues or speaking in tongues, of the, the gift of tongues. Paul wrote to the to the Corinthians in teaching about the gift of tongues. He said, I will pray in the Spirit and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the Spirit. I will also sing in words I understand. What's Paul saying? Sometimes you, you pray or sing in the language that you have. In our For most of us, it's English. That's the language we say, pray or sing in. But there are times when we sing or we pray in an unknown language. In the Spirit. Words you don't understand yourself. Where God is praying in you and through you. Because he alone knows exactly what to pray for. We are helpless. We don't even know what to pray. How to act. But God himself prays through us in that way. It's not just a New Testament phenomenon either. If you reach way, way back... If you've been in the R&R journal readings with us, you know that recently we read, we recently read about the kind of the birth and life of of Samuel. And we have this account in 1 Samuel chapter 1 of of this this woman named Hannah. She's childless. And uh, every year, you know, she comes to the, to the tabernacle and she's praying and she's crying out for God, to God for a child. She wants to have a child. And she does eventually become the mother of Samuel. But with this amazing account in 1 Samuel chapter, chapter 1, it says she's at the, she's praying at the tabernacle and says, Hannah was in deep anguish, he writes, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. Have you ever seen someone who's just like ugly crying in prayer? You ever been there? You're just like ugly crying. Like, just like, oh, it's just sobbing and snots everywhere. And just like, oh, God. And it's so deep and sincere. And it's just coming from the depth of your, of your soul. Then you've got Eli, the old priest. He's watching her. And he, and he says this. It, it says this. He sa- it says, and seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound, she thought she'd been drinking. 
Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. That's the exact same accusation that happened at, at Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. Ah, oh, they're just drunk, that's all. Right? What was happening? She was praying in the Spirit. Right? With groanings too deep for words. Her lips are moving, but there's no sound. She's praying, but it's the Holy Spirit praying through her. And that same thing that New Testament instructs us to do. Paul tells that to the Romans, to the Corinthians, to the Ephesians. Jude tells us to do that. Prayer in a in another language. As the Holy Spirit speaks. Everyone needs help. Everyone needs help. Including in prayer. The Holy Spirit's willing to take over and pray through you. If you accept His help. This is not losing control of your mind or body. But it's allowing the Holy Spirit to pray on your behalf. The Holy Spirit knows the mind of God and will therefore direct you to pray exactly the Father's will. The Holy Spirit knows what you should pray in line with the Father's will. If you've never prayed in a prayer language, if you've never prayed in a, in a, in a tongue, in a gift of tongues or in a, in a, that heavenly language, I would just say, ask the Lord to take you there in prayer. I, I, I love this story of a, of a dear friend. She was, um, uh, she was a widow. She was about, I don't know, about 70 years of age. And she, she said to me, she, I'd love to have this gift. And I said, well, we'll just pray and ask. So we prayed, we asked the Lord for that and nothing happened. And, um, her name is Sheila. She's now gone to be with the Lord, but she, uh, that night she had a dream. That night she had a dream and she, in her dream, she was communicating with animals. She could talk to animals and they could understand her. She goes, well, that's a strange dream. Well, she went through her day just thinking about that odd dream. And that that evening as she sat down to dear devotions and journal, and all of a sudden it just came. And she just began praying to the Lord in an unknown language. And she knew it. She recognized, I'm, I'm in prayer. The Holy Spirit's praying through me. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. That's that prayer in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness to pray on our behalf through us and in us. And the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God, so He's going to have you pray in the Father's will. So you can ask the Lord for that. Verse 27 certainly confirms this. It says, And the Father, who knows all hearts, yours and mine included, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us, believers, in harmony with God's own will. In other words, the Holy Spirit helps us stay in God's will. I mean, think about this. The Holy Spirit is not only praying through you, but for you. He's interceding. He's before the Father, bringing your concerns to God. I don't know if you've ever had that prompting to pray for someone else, and then you find out later, oh, right at that moment. I mean, you read these stories, I should do a better job of keeping track of this, because I feel like I hear it a lot. Um, But it's not really that unusual. I, I, You know, for me, one of the it was a really, I love sharing this story, even though it's from a long time ago, because it was at a, a really profound moment in my life. It was my, my high school graduation night. And, um, and, uh, we were, some friends and, and a bunch of our friends, we said, hey, let's go watch the sunrise. We'd been up all night. Our, our grad parties were pretty good. Like, you graduated, you had a, then you just, you just partied. Not, I didn't part, you know, not, you know what I mean? Like, nice, kind of Christian partying, so whatever that means. But some of my friends drank and stuff. Anyway, so um, 
we said, let's go see the sunrise up in the mountains. So we're trying to, the sun, you know, the early pre-dawn's coming up and, and we're on this twisty mountain road, try to, try to get there in time. And my mom told me the story later. When I got home that later that morning, my mom said, Hey, everything okay last night? I'm like, yes, good. She goes, well, you know, I just, I woke up at about five o'clock and just felt like I really need to pray for you. Everything okay? I'm like, huh. Yeah, well, right about that time is when my friend flipped her car full of students and um, nobody was hurt. Everybody was fine. The car was a wreck. I watched it. Uh, I watched it in my rearview mirror. I looked up and I saw her car. As she was praying. So what's happening? The Holy Spirit prompted her. You need to pray for them right now. Get up and pray. You've I bet most of you have had that experience at some point in your life. You're like, I need to pray right now. I don't even know why. Be obedient to that. The Holy Spirit is helping you. And in helping you, stay in God's will. God's will is for life. God's will is always to heal and to save and to restore. There have been many times when I've been speaking like this on a Sunday morning. And, and, and I'll, uh, you know, I'll hear just a kind of a prompting to add an illustration or to, to add a reference of some kind. Only to have someone approach me afterwards and say, hey, when you told that story or when you shared that, that's exactly what I needed to hear this morning. I didn't know that. I have no way of knowing that. I'm not reading your mail. But it's because the Holy Spirit is praying for me and for you and through me and through you. And he, he wants to direct you into God's will for your life. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing. Some of you are afraid, possibly, or bewildered about the Holy Spirit, or, or, or just uninformed. You just just haven't talked about this. Someone recently shared with me, they said, we've never, I never talked about the Holy Spirit. In fact, I came across a book, I've been I'm moving offices, and I came across a book from, that I think maybe easily... 20 year, maybe 25 or even 30 years ago, probably 25 years ago, someone had given to, to the pastor at that time of this church and, and wrote in there just a beautiful letter offering this book and talking about, um, that we haven't, we haven't taught or learned about the Holy Spirit and, and could we do that? It was a beautiful letter. And I thought, yeah, we're just ignorant. We're just afraid. We're uninformed. But I, I want you to know, you don't need to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's on your side. He's praying for you, in you, through you, for others, seeking to keep you in God's will. Which finally gets us to this beloved verse 28. We all love this verse so much. Uh, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purposes for them. All right, probably a better translation. It's a little bit of a disputed way to translate this, but I think NIV has it better. For we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That in those difficult circumstances, God's working for your good. God doesn't causing those things. God is not the author of evil. A world dominated with sin causes plenty of awful things. God doesn't need to bring any of those by uh, along with it. That's not what God does. He's the giver of good and perfect gifts. If God were not holding back, you know, the full consequence of a sinful world, we'd all be dead. 
But in those things, in those places, in those experiences, in those hardships, God is in there. He's working on your behalf. And that's where your faith comes in. Because it really doesn't feel like it at the time, does it? You're going through that difficult thing. You think, God, where are you? Why am I going through this? Why is this happening? I can't see the way. It's a fog. I can't see through. But that's where our faith comes. Our confidence is that God is good. And so we land in this place. We say, all things will make sense one day. All things will make sense one day. We're going to sing a, a great closing song. So I'm Josh and worship team. I'm going to invite you guys to come, come back and prepare for that as we, we just say we welcome you, Holy Spirit. But, but all things are going to make sense one day. Some of you um, country music fans... Well, remember that old Garth Brooks uh, song, Some of God's Greatest Gifts are Unanswered Prayers. Remember when you're talking to the Lord upstairs? No, to the, to the man upstairs. Just because he doesn't answer don't mean he doesn't care, right? That's my best Garth Brooks impersonation. Trust me, you don't want to hear me sing it. Uh, so that health crisis you went through or are in the middle of or that heartbreak you experienced... Or that job loss that devastated you or some other financial crisis. Listen, God has, is still, has been, is still and will continue to work on your behalf, to work for your good. One of the things that we're learning is those things that seem so precious to us, our finances, our health, our relationships, those things that kind of create a life for us, we're learning that those things are all fragile. And the greater thing is our relationship with the Lord, His will for us, and our ability to be a blessing to others. Everything else is temporary. Everything else can be gone like that. We've learned that in this season, I think, so much. So you may not see it yet. And the grief and the pain are still there. And it's sharp. And it stings. But be patient. One day, one day, Things will make sense. There's almost always pain before victory. There's almost always tears before laughter. Don't give up. Don't give up. God's at work. Don't give up. God's at work in your life. God is in those circumstances working for your good. Not just for His glory, which He is, but also for your good because He loves you. You say, but if God loved me, I wouldn't have gone through this. You don't understand. God loves you and He's carrying you through that. He's meeting you in that place of need. He's walking with you through that. Lean hard into Him. Go to that place of groaning in the Spirit. Saying, God, I need you now. I need your help. Trust Him to work on your behalf. I, I would just say the resounding good news this morning is that the Holy Spirit helps. The Holy Spirit helps. He he prays in you and through you and for you and on your behalf. He uses you to be a blessing into the lives of others. He's using others to speak into a, a blessing into your life. You got to remember, we all need help. And, and the Holy Spirit is going to help you stay in God's will because he's in constant communication with the Father. And the best news of all, all one day it's all going to make sense. It might take a long time. But one day, it's all going to make sense. 
There's good news in that. I never want to miss the opportunity, If whether you're here or whether you're joining us on YouTube this morning, I never want to miss the opportunity to invite you to give your life to Jesus Christ. If you've never come to that place of trusting your life to Him, here's your moment. It's not difficult. Here we, we talk about the ABCs. It's, it's simple to admit that I'm a sinner and I, I, I need to turn from that. To believe that Jesus is the Son of God, He died for my sin and He rose again, and to commit my life to Jesus as the Lord and leader of my life. If that's you this morning, you could pray a simple prayer. Just, Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. I, I believe that you're, you're the Son of God. You died for my sin, and I commit my life to follow you. If that's you, and if you're praying that today, would you let us know? We'd love to help you with that. And for the rest of us, I, I just want you to know, when you put your faith in Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit, but He's inviting you to trust Him more, to surrender your life more to His work in your everyday. He can do that. God, we're just so grateful for this morning. We're thankful for Your Holy Spirit. We thank You that Jesus came and was here, died for our sin, rose again, but we're thankful. We're thankful that Jesus didn't stay, that instead You sent the Holy Spirit in His place. And we just welcome you, Holy Spirit. God, I welcome you to my very heart. In this place, Holy Spirit, you're welcome. And in this place, our our gathering, our congregation, you're welcome in this place. We invite you to do your work to make us aware of your presence. We thank you. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.